unconstitutional. This was an appeal case lodged by the Housing Authority after a lower court ruled earlier that it was wrong to bar a same-sex couple from applying for public housing and for refusing to allow a man to share the same home ownership scheme flat with his male partner without paying a large premium. Yesterday, the three-judge panel dismissed the authority's contention that allowing same-sex couples to apply for public housing would adversely impact the rights of heterosexual couples to benefit from scarce public resources. The judges allow the, uh, added that allowing same-sex couples to share HOS flats would have no bearing on the availability of the subsidised housings for, quote, families, because the case concerns for a resident who already owned a flat in the first place and he was just applying for his partner to move in. Last month, there was also a landmark case in which the court said that the government must come up with an official framework to recognise same-sex partnerships. Officials have two years to formulate the details. So how much impact will yesterday's ruling have on LGBTQ rights in Hong Kong? Will it mean longer waiting times for public housing? And at 9.45 this morning, we'll be looking at calls by the hospital authority for parents to get their children vaccinated against the flu before November. So let us know what you think. You can leave us a message on our Facebook page, email us at backchat.thk.hk or call us on 233 and joining us on the line this morning, we have Josiah Chuk. He's a former chief of the Equal Opportunities uh, Commission. Good morning, Josiah. Good morning, Good morning. everybody. Good morning. Good morning. And morning. also with us is Jerome Yao. He's a co-founder of Hong Kong Marriage Equality. Let's go to you first, Jerome Yao. Um, what are the implications for LGBT rights following yesterday's ruling? Well, I think just quite put it quite simply. Obviously, I mean, once again... The judgment basically uh, reinforces the message that um, differential treatment or unequal treatment uh, on the basis of um, sexual orientation has no place in public policy uh, decisions. Uh, with respect to uh, I guess LGBT rights, I guess obviously uh, we don't know whether the, the housing authority will appeal or not. But at this stance, it means that hopefully in the not-so-distant future, uh, same-sex couples, uh, they will be eligible to apply for both public rental, uh, uh, apply for uh, public rental housing as well as uh, uh, subsidized housing, which is the uh, under the home ownership scheme. So, Mr. Yao, do you have any idea how, how many uh, couples uh, this ruling will, will eventually benefit? Uh, no ideas because we don't have any statistics on, uh, on, on uh, the number of same-sex couples uh, in the city. So simply said, no idea at all. Josiah Chuk, your take yeah. on yesterday's ruling? Yes. Uh, I think the Court of Appeal, uh, in my opinion, uh, they adopt the same approach like other uh, cases involving uh, same-sex partners' uh, benefits. I can't see they would vary. But my concern is that one of the main arguments uh, was that the, uh, the court uh, rejected the council's uh, submission on the non-engagement ground. And this may go to the CFA. In, uh, in simplest terms, this ground is concerned about the council uh, called another case concerning housing benefits uh, regarding uh, the length of stay. Uh, uh, the policy requires a person to uh, remain in Hong Kong or to reside in Hong Kong seven years in order to enjoy public housing. 
Uh, in that case, that policy was uh, implemented before 1997. It went uh, to the court for uh, judicial review. But in that court, they accepted the uh, government's explanation uh, that uh, housing uh, is a social welfare benefit. And by applying uh, the, the uh, basic law 145, that means some policy uh, exists before uh, 1997 could continue. But in this case, the court uh, distinguished, they said that distinguished, because uh, in that case, uh, it is related to basic law 145. But mm-hmm. in this case, it uh, involves uh, basic law 22, uh, that is uh, equality before the law. Then I can't see why uh, both uh, public housing benefits, despite the fact that uh, the basic law provisions are different. The essence of the uh, issue is the same. So this may trigger the government to ask the Court of Final Appeal to consider the difference between these two judgments. Right. You're saying that it may trigger the government to to, to seek uh, an appeal. But in your view, uh, Mr. Chok, do you think the yeah. government should appeal? Yes, I think. I think so, because uh, as the court has said and endorsed, we all know that uh, housing benefits or land is a scarce uh, uh, resource in Hong Kong. No matter how, the eligibility criteria criteria must be uh, scrutinized in order to make available for the entitled group to apply. Okay, so that's why, uh, but the court uh, is quite uh, difficult on the government by requiring them to produce these sort of uh, criteria for justification. And as we all know, all these housing policies were implemented in the era of uh, 1980s. How could they uh, uh, record everything in detail? But bear in mind, uh, they have recorded one of the criteria as the husband and wife. By this case, my worry is that why the court is so active in redefining the definition of house, husband and wife. I think they should leave it to the legislative council and the government to consider whether in the law, to well-defined, I think all accepted husband and wife uh, will refer to uh, a man and a woman. But in this case, uh, it's very clever for the plaintiff to to pursue uh, in the respect of sexual orientation. Okay. Yeah. 
Right. We have a listener who has uh, written in. Uh, this is a comment from Simon, and he says this. He says, I think this judgment is challengeable in at least two aspects, and the government should appeal the case to the Court of Final Appeal, as you said. One, he says, concerning Basic Law Article 25, which says Hong Kong residents are equal before the law, it is improper to interpret and apply the term Hong Kong residents in the sense of every Hong Kong adult resident couple. It can only be interpreted and applied in the sense of every Hong Kong individual resident. In this regard, Hong Kong government should ask for an interpretation of this article by the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress. Secondly, he says, concerning Hong Kong Bill of Rights Article 22, which is the same as the ICCPR Article 26, and says all people are equal before the law and are entitled without any discrimination to the equal protection of the law. It is improper to interpret and apply the term all persons in the sense of every adult couple. It can only be interpreted and applied in the sense of every individual person. Um, your reaction, please, Jerome Yao. Do you think this uh, should go to the Court of Final Appeal? No, not at all. I think it's an absolutely waste of public resources. Uh, let me explain a few things. First of all, I think it, it is worthy to repeat what the judgment says at paragraph 173. It says the differential treatment in the present cases is a more severe form of indirect discrimination than most cases. And it goes on and says, the housing authority in substance admits that its policy specifically targeted same-sex couples for, quote, deterrence. This was a form of targeted and direct discrimination. I think, come on, it goes down to the, a very core issue. What does it mean by equality before the law or equal treatment? And I think it is well, I mean, there's no doubt that in Hong Kong, it is well established that discrimination on the ground of sexual orientation will attract scrutiny. And basically, if there isn't a very, old, a very persuasive justification, then the court will say, no, that will be deemed unconstitutional. And that's precisely what what has happened in this case. And I think, you know, what we have heard is lots of legal arguments. I think, yes, there may be different arguments, but I think if one has to try and go through the judgment, the Court of Appeal has dealt with all these judgments very thoroughly, and basically the court rejected all the arguments advanced by um, the Housing Authority. So I think, you know, one of, I, I just, I'm not sure to what end if the Housing Authority, I mean, whether they would get what they wanted if they decided to appeal to the Court of Final Appeal, first of all. And secondly, I think one should bear in mind that uh, in early uh, September, the Court of Final Appeal handed down the decision in the Jimmy Sham case asking the government that, that it should provide for an alternative framework to recognize themselves partnerships. And I think, you know, if this case goes to the Court of Final Appeal, I think, logically speaking, I, I, I just don't see how much of a chance how the Housing Authority uh, will win. Okay. Um, so, that, from that perspective, I think no. The, the, the best thing I have is to move forward to and 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 you know really focus on, you know, make use of the next two years and come up with a comprehensive framework to recognize same-sex partnerships and deal with all these issues in a logical, fair, and comprehensive manner. Um, what do you have to say to those thousands of families who are now saying, "Well, we might have to wait longer for public housing then." There's no empirical evidence to suggest one way or the other. I mean, obviously, the court uh, mentioned this quite quite specifically. I mean, obviously, when it comes to the wait time, it depends on the number of applications and number of housing. And there are lots of variables. And I think it's painfully illogical and unfair to say simply because now that, according to this judgment, same-sex couples can apply, then there would be uh, a further um, 
longer waiting. I, I think that's purely speculative, and I don't think that's very helpful to our discussion. Okay. Um, I have some little response. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Please go ahead. First, uh, uh, about the uh, uh, the public uh, opinion on the uh, individual or something like that. As I am a, a, a retired barrister. I do not agree that uh, comment because it is too thematic. Uh, according to the uh, laws of Hong Kong, Chapter One. Uh, general clause interpretation. Whenever any provision concerning uh, singular, it means it could embrace plural. So it, it, it makes no sense to argue on individual or or couple or something like that. Okay, for uh, 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 the HOS case. The Mr. Lee is an individual. Okay. Yeah, Mr. But Lee in, being the, yeah, the person yeah, yeah, in this yeah, case. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In singular, you a couple, but I, I, I do not concern about individual or plural. Human rights are for humans, okay? No matter individual, and, and that doesn't make any sense. But concerning Jerome's remarks, one thing, uh, for the indirect discrimination, it, it has to go through uh, what we call the four-stage test. I mm-hmm. agree that the court has uh, uh, considered the four-stage test, except that, as I have expressed, that they are very uh, demanding on the uh, government to justify. And I, I do agree they have quoted that. It's too speculative to uh, to project that same-sex uh, partners, when they join the queue, it will delay the waiting time of the other uh, heterogeneous uh, 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 couples or something like that, okay? Without saying, going into deep, it's a common sense. If the queue, somebody or some additional groups join in, inevitably, the queue will be longer. Taking aside all other economic or salary or something like that, or the supply factor, it, 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 it is a common sense uh, understanding. I don't know why. They ask too much from the from the government, and uh, having regard, that policy was implemented uh, since 1980s. How could the government list every consideration on paper? But as long as that, those relationships, husband and wife, is included in one of the criteria, it goes without saying they are pursuing the husband and wife relationship. As for Mr. Lee, the HOS succession uh, uh, issue, I will agree that uh, it's not husband and wife because in that case, he, uh, he is pursuing uh, the criteria of family member. So sometimes uh, uh, law is quite tricky. Okay, but the, but yeah. the court did say earlier in Jimmy yeah. Sham's case that the Hong Kong yeah. government should come up with a legal framework to recognise same-sex unions. Yeah. So your definition of husband and wife, or, or husband and husband, or wife and wife, um, may be different in the future. This one, I have to make clarification. For example, in that Jimmy uh, uh, Sam case, it does not involve housing. 
it's, it's the inconvenience in other aspects. But isn't that the implication? If, if, if the government has to come up with a framework to recognize same-sex unions, then housing and other policies will have to reflect on that recognition of same-sex unions. Again, again, another clarification is that there is no legal recognition requirement in that case. Sorry, in which recognition. case? Okay. They, the court just order the government to think or devise uh, a system or a mechanism to recognize same-sex relationship. And I have quoted and I have studied in Asian countries, only in Japan, they have got a system like that. Okay, Taiwan, they do. Yeah, but it's, it is not a law. I must say, it's not. Uh, 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 it will come up with a civil union ordinance. Sorry about that. The court order is not like that. Okay, it may be an administrative framework, but not a legal framework. Come on. Okay, um, Jerome Yao. I'm sorry. I think I thought I've heard it. It's quite a bit of a red herring. I think fundamentally, what we are talking about is. Yes, the policy, the court has ruled discriminatory. Fundamentally, according to a constitutional order and well-established jurisprudence, any alleged discrimination will attract intense scrutiny. That's why the government, the court was very demanding in asking the, the government to justify why they have such a policy. That's precisely the reason. It is not because the court was trying to make things difficult for the government. Because we are talking about human rights, we are talking about equal treatment before the law, we are talking about human dignity. And I think having this conversation focusing on public resources is quite demeaning because the logic behind it is not about fairness. I mean, housing obviously is a big policy in Hong Kong. No one is disputing that. that that's why I think it is much more, I think it would be much more uh, worthy to have a discussion of how, what sort of public housing, uh, housing policy we should have so that we can have a policy that is fair and that can look after people who are in need rather than focusing on one sexual orientation. I think that's precisely the point. The whole point is we have policies uh, uh, treating people differently because of uh, sexual orientation. And, and, and I mean, that's quite frankly, that shouldn't be acceptable in today's Hong Kong. And simple as that, I, I think it, you know, it, it doesn't really take a rocket scientist to understand the logic behind it. I think uh, you have to understand discrimination is a broad concept. But under discrimination, it has direct or an, an indirect. Indirect could be justifiable, even if it's, it may be, it may be uh, uh, unequal. So that process, now the uh, Court of Appeal is not satisfied only, but we have an upper court of Court of Final Appeal, just like Jimmy Sam. In his former case, he appealed up to the uh, Final Appeal. But for the same-sex marriage, he lost. Only he, he marginally won in the, those, uh, the mechanism issue to recognize same-sex marriage, uh, same-sex relationship. So, discrimination, sorry about that. It is an, not, not an absolute right. We have to study the, the legal provisions carefully, okay? If it is a direct discrimination, then it's hard to argue. But it's if it is for indirect discrimination, 
It's a balancing exercise. Okay, I respect the court of appeals uh, uh, consideration or assessment, but there is an upper one, and you can't say it's a waste of uh, public resources. If if housing uh, uh, resources is a territorial issue, it will affect everybody in Hong Kong. I think it should let the court of final appeal to decide. Josiah, do you think it would be different if we weren't talking about housing and, and some other aspects of, of public resources? Yeah. It's, it's the scarcity here that's, that's so controversial, isn't it? Yes, yes. No, but but would you that, argue it differently if, if it was a, a, a sort of resource that is not scarce? Yes, uh, absolutely. Because just like Jimmy's case, uh, he proposed uh, visiting uh, rights. Uh, uh, to hospital, then it's not scarce uh, okay. uh, resource related. But when you, you talk about uh, land or housing, it's a complete scenario. Am I right? Right. I, I just want to go back to uh, Mr. Chok. I mean, you just yeah. uh, mentioned that it should, we should let the uh, court decide um, on this issue about uh, housing. Um, yeah. I just want to go to this uh, story in uh, India, because uh, India's top yeah. court it has just declined to legally recognize same-sex unions in a landmark ruling yesterday. And yeah. uh, although the judges uh, emphasized the rights of the LGBTQ community to be free of prejudice and discrimination, um, it, it ruled that extending marriage equality was a parliamentary decision um, what do you think? Is it something that's uh, better for the court uh, to decide or the legislature? I know earlier you said it's better for the courts. Uh, I think uh, basically the court has uh, every jurisdiction to decide on issues concerning uh, uh, constitution. However, I have advocated before, uh, uh, there are two different concepts. One is judicial restraint. In India case, the uh, final appeal, the Supreme Court uh, exercised the judicial restraint. Let the government and let the legislature to discuss and consider whether to enact or change the law. But another stream is judicial activism. That means the court act on his own or on their own uh, to intervene the issue. Now, I could say that in most cases of benefits, okay, they actively intervene. Whether it is right or wrong, I will, I will respect the court of final appeal because Hong Kong is under rule of law. But it seems that uh, the court is more than likely to grant uh, benefits uh, 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 issues. But how about the government and the legislature? What do you uh, think, Jerome Yao? Should it be up to well, the legislature or the court to make these decisions? These it's a dynamic interaction, I would say. I think the argument between judicial restraint and judicial activism is quite specious. Quite simply put, um, first of all, I think one, one must ask the question, is it fair to have, a, to have minority rights decided by the majority? Is it what we... What, is it like everything... Uh, by, by a simple majority is the best way forward. And secondly, what we are talking here is constitutional protected rights. And it's okay so far if we subscribe to the doctrine that, you know, the, with obviously, which our courts have always been emphasizing when it comes to public policy, the legislature 
is the is the uh, political organ that that should be doing the work. But the question then becomes: What if there is a fundamental unfairness or discrimination or whatever that may be the case, and the legislature or the the government fail to act? The last resort is to rely on the court to make a bold ruling. That's where usually uh, judicial intervention comes in. If the if the court cannot do this and that, then the question one has to ask: Does it mean that constitutional protection rights? Would ring hollow because okay, the the, the court may be sympathetic to okay. the litigant, but at the same time, it couldn't do anything at all. Okay, is that the kind of scenario we want to see? Right. Okay. I sorry, we have to stop here because we're yeah. coming up to nine thirty. But thank you, Jerome Yao uh, from thank Hong you. Kong Marriage Equality, and we will continue. Um, after the news. And right now, let's have a look at the weather. It's cloudy with a few showers. Showers will become more frequent gradually with isolated thunderstorms. Temperatures will be around 25 degrees during the day. Fresh easterly winds, strong offshore and occasionally up to gale force on high ground at first. The outlook is for showers tomorrow. Showers will be more frequent at first. Still a few rain patches in the following couple of days. Right now, temperatures 24 degrees and the relative humidity 83%. Israel and the Palestinians have blamed each other for an explosion at a hospital in Gaza that has killed hundreds of people. Hamas health official said the Al-Akhli Arab Baptist Hospital in Gaza City was hit by an airstrike, killing at least 500 people. The hospital was crowded with the sick and wounded, as well as hundreds of displaced people seeking shelter. Hong Kong Polytechnic University President Professor Tang Jingguang says Hong Kong should attract more students from Belt and Road countries to study in the city. Professor Tang, who's part of Chief Executive John Lee's delegation at the two-day Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation in Beijing, said this would create more opportunities for the SAR. And the hardline Republican Congressman Jim Jordan has failed in his first try to become the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Twenty Republicans and all Democrats voted against him. I'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. Some construction workers are casual about safety, especially when jobs seem simple. If workers don't take enough safety measures for work above ground, such as doing simple work on a roof, a balcony or stairs, they could fall and get injured or even die. Employers and workers must follow occupational health and safety laws and take adequate safety measures, such as using working platforms and applying suitable fall prevention measures. Remember, taking work above ground lightly can put your life at risk. The government has announced proposals on improving governance at the district level. The Chief and Deputy Chief Secretaries for Administration will personally lead and coordinate district governance. People of different experiences and professions who are familiar with district affairs may enter district councils through various channels. District councils will focus on district affairs and collect and reflect public views to better serve the people. Improve district administration, build a better community. Welcome back. Um, we This morning we're talking about LGBTQ rights following yesterday Court of Appeal ruling in favour of giving housing benefits to uh, same-sex couples. Uh, basically the case was uh, the housing authority contesting, um, lodging an appeal about... Uh, 
a man who applied for a home ownership scheme flat, uh, allowing his same-sex partner to move in. Now, joining us on the line now is Sun Yu Tung. Um, he's an pro- associate professor with the Gender Studies Program at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And also still with us is Josiah Chuk. He's a, chief, a former chief of Equal Com- Opportunities Commission. Um, Sun Yu Tung, earlier we were talking about whether this case would go to the court of final appeal. What do you think? Well, I think, um, you know, that is the question that lots of people would be thinking because on a lot of LGBTQ plus uh, related cases in the past, in recent years in Hong Kong, the um, government takes the approach to go all the way to the Court of Final Appeal. I would urge the government to um, not to do it again this time, given that time and time again, the government presents a pretty similar argument. However, the um, court um, time and time and time again, um, Things that it is very difficult to justify um, uh, differential treatment on the ground of sexual orientation uh, between same-sex couples and different sex couples. This time it's about housing, but in the past it has also been about dependent visa, fringe benefits and civil servants. And I want to really add that... um, uh, actually, all these judicial review cases, if it is subjected to appeal again, when it lingers on, it can be very costly, both for uh, from a financial point of view, but also the personal cost to, to the people. I want to bring another aspect that uh, 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 I don't know whether the audience may uh, know that there is a sad story behind the um, case as well, that in fact, uh, one of the um, uh, persons involved in the cases has passed away during the course of the judicial review review, um, um, uh, he actually committed suicide. Well, of course, suicide is a very complex phenomenon with lots of factors, but one can easily imagine that being involved in a legal case and being subjected to differential treatment that is unjustified would inevitably add a lot to the mental health stress. So despite that, it could possibly be likely, but I would very much urge the government to not to appeal the case again. Just Archuk, this is all grounds that we've gone all over. This is, the government doesn't come up with a new argument. It's the same argument, and the courts come up with the same ruling. No, they, they, they have a new argument, as I have mentioned, non-engagement ground. The pre-1997 policy could continue. But only that the Court of Appeal did not accept. However, as we all understand, just like DMV's uh, same, the Court of Appeal denied his appeal. He, he went up to the Court of Final Appeal. And why not the government? As I have reiterated, housing benefits is a scarce, scarcity resources problem. Okay? Hmm. And it affects everybody. It's a territorial issue. Right. Um, I will agree. Mr. Lee has a sad story to tell the court. But it's not relevant when you consider a territorial issue. Okay. Um, Xin Yutong may go to a court of final appeal. It might even go to interpretation um, at the, at the uh, you know, National People's Congress. Now, as yeah. you know, Xin yeah, uh, Yutong, yes, yesterday India has also come up with something similar. Basically, they refused to mm. legally recognize same-sex unions. Is there a cultural aspect to this? 
Well, I think it's very, I think it's very interesting. Actually, uh, yesterday afternoon, I was listening live to the Supreme Court uh, uh, of India. As you mentioned, a very similar uh, argument that's made uh, in the Supreme Court of um, India to say that, well, they uh, think that same-sex marriage should be a matter for the government of India to consider. They don't think that the court should be able to decide on that. However, they made it very clear uh, uh, that the government should consider different ways to protect the rights of LGBTQ plus people. So I think um, it is very interesting that it seems in more and more Asian jurisdictions in a region that in the past has been assumed to be more perhaps socially and culturally conservative on LGBTQ plus issues, more and more places are, uh, are thinking about, well, okay, like no matter how we name that system or what system we use, there should be protection against discrimination for a minoritized group in, 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 in society. And I think another point is also very important to, to, to think on is that I think yesterday when the court ruling in Hong Kong was about housing, which is very understandable. Housing is a very sensitive issue in Hong Kong. A lot of members of the public would be very understandably very concerned about it. But I think for me, it's very important to remember both uh, the issue of rights and and responsibilities, like to my knowledge, and I think, I think in fact to everyone's knowledge, that um, an LGBTQ plus person in Hong Kong would also need to uh, pay tax. So they are also citizens of the society who are subjected to different responsibilities in a society. When they are also subjected to different responsibilities, it's very difficult to, to, to think of an argument that, oh, you have the responsibilities, but your rights wouldn't be granted. So I want to emphasize that yesterday when the court ruling may highlight the rights aspect, but actually LGBTQ plus persons, like any other citizens in society, are also subjected to their responsibilities, are also contributing citizens of the society as well. Yeah. Um, Tung, you know, Josiah Chooks repeatedly made the point that this 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 is about the scarcity of, of housing resources here. It would be different in, in Jimmy Sham's case, for example, the, the visitation rights and, you know, in a hospital or whatever. What do you have to say for those families, many of them with young children, who is just saying, um, well, wait a minute, uh, we, we also have rights? Well, I think um, then everyone uh, enters the queue as the as the as the court judgment also said that there is um, there is no constitutional protection uh, uh, over how long is the waiting time uh, 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 for housing. And then when we uh, think when we're talking about uh, families of young children uh, who are in heterosexual relationships, there are equally um, uh, uh, people in same-sex relationships who have got different needs and different rights. So I don't think it is right to compare to say who is in a more needy situation. And as I mentioned earlier, that an LGBTQ plus person is subjected to the same amount of responsibilities like a non-LGBTQ plus person in Hong Kong society. I find it very difficult to say, well, actually, then like to give them the equal amount of rights 
then it's actually taking the rights from other people. I find that argument pretty ungrounded. Right. Uh, Professor Shun, um, now the, the Housing Authority said it's uh, studying the judgment and would take follow-up actions as necessary. And uh, you're saying that they shouldn't go uh, um, to seek another appeal. Um, so in your view, what sort of follow-up action should it be considering at the moment? And uh, should it be making any changes now? Because, I mean, like we mentioned earlier in the program, the, the government uh, has two years to come up with a, a, a framework to uh, deal with this uh, issue, this overall issue. Yes, I think, you know, yesterday's case then uh, uh, should be understood also in conjunction with another kind of final appeal decision earlier uh, last month in early September that says that Hong Kong government needs to provide an at least an alternative framework to recognize the core rights of same-sex couples. And I would um, urge the government to uh, have a comprehensive review and then the core rights can't be uh, drawn too narrowly otherwise then uh, there will be there are going to be more and more court cases. In the last few years, there are already quite a few. And then um, uh, these cases are very costly. And I, I, I really think the government should uh, take a comprehensive review in terms of what uh, that alternative framework should be and what the uh, uh, court rights sh- should be. And then actually, uh, even the uh, court has mentioned that same-sex marriage is not off the table. They only uh, thought that it should be subjected to the court to decide on that and then the government can think about different frameworks including same-sex marriage and other frameworks and to uh, I would urge them to um, uh, consider having um, uh, giving more rights to same-sex couples otherwise then if the framework is not meaningful and comprehensive enough then we're going to see more and more lengthy and expensive court battles in the future but what about right now I mean after this uh, court ruling I mean what what do you want the uh, housing authority to do? I mean, what sort of follow-up should it do? Or, or like you're talking about, should it, should it wait for the framework to be uh, introduced? Well, I think like, at the um, um, uh, meantime, I would urge the um, 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 government and the housing authority to uh, look at changing the policies and without further uh, 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 delay, because in a lot of uh, uh, related cases, sometimes uh, after a court decision, there can be quite a lot of delay between the court decision and then the policy being uh, uh, implemented. And that's uh, another case earlier this year concerning transgender people's rights that uh, a lot of trans people were saying that, well, the court has decided that sex reassignment surgery should be removed as a prerequisite uh, for them to change the gender marker on the identity card. But then the immigration department took a very long time to implement that policy into practice. So uh, in, in this time, I understand that uh, Yesterday evening, the, the Housing Authority has issued a statement to say that they would look into the policy, they would uh, uh, review the court judgment and then consider what are the next steps. I would urge, well, the first thing, as I mentioned, not to, fur- uh, not to further appeal the case again. And then the second one is to not further delay the implementation of uh, recognizing same-sex couples for housing rights in Hong Kong. Uh, no further delay on that. But if changes are made uh, now, do, do you expect uh, more changes to be made in this area again in around two years' time, uh, Professor? I mean, would this cause more confusion? 
Well, I think, uh, uh, well, it depends on how long the government is going to take for the review uh, in terms of the alternative framework and the core rights, because I think uh, um, if they can come up um, 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 their, their decision earlier, then as you, uh, as you just uh, uh, alluded to, that may cause less confusion. But if they uh, if they take longer time, I understand that recently they have asked for more time uh, 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 to consider the judgment last um, month. Then, if that's the case, then it's going to cause confusion that more and more areas of life uh, 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 in Hong Kong, same-sex couples' life in Hong Kong, has already been established by the court to um, that they should be recognised. Then, otherwise, then you know we have the confusing situation of what's that comprehensive framework going to look like versus these areas of life that have already been confirmed at the court. Right. And, and Mr. Chuck, what was your, I, I, I mean, I, I, yes, I Mr. Chuck, what, what do you think? Yeah. I, I, what do you think I, I of the current situation? Mr. Xu, you, you should be able to read the judgment carefully. In the Jimmy Sam's case, the court has not decided what is called. This concept was only brought up in the court of final appeal. And the judges query on that the spectrum and the definition. So they only uh, regarded those uh, issues being brought up in that case is inconvenience. Okay, there's no no definition yet on the core rights of same-sex partners. Okay, um... and I, I could say that, and I also want to respond about the transgender case. Bear in mind, the court ruled that full reassignment surgery is unconstitutional. Full, F-U-L-L. But they did not rule on partial surgery is unconstitutional. Read carefully. Read okay. carefully, okay? Well, but it still involves um, changing somebody's body, doesn't it? Yes, Whether I it's agree. partial or full. I, I agree, but we have to to be abided by, by the law. The, the, the court's order is set in that direction. We cannot uh, inflate it or distort it. Okay. Okay, okay uh, we, ha we have a listener who, who's written, and, and maybe, Josiah Chuck, you can answer this. It, yeah. This this person is saying that uh, he, he's seeing a lot of comments on, the, on, on our Facebook page, and yeah. he's wondering... I wonder Hong Kong's qualification to call itself Asia's world city. So, so basically, I, I, I take it to, to mean that, you know, does Hong Kong follow international trend? Are we up to date in, in the way the, the world changes? What, what do you think, Josiah Shuk? I think the international trend is not legal. I, I, I just call it two examples, the proper uh, way to enact the law or to solve the problem. UK... Before enacting same-sex act, the court is restrained to interpret the law to cover protection for same-sex couples until the parliament changed the law. Another way is that uh, Ireland also, they changed the uh, constitution by referendum. And we have to understand we are now living in Hong Kong. We could not have a direct referendum on changing the constitution. The constitution is in the hands of the National Congress of China, and we have to recognize it. If there's a need to change 
the Constitution, I would urge all citizens to air their views, even though they may be in conflict, and let the National Congress uh, to decide. And I'm not sure whether the government will pursue these sorts of uh, cases to the National Congress uh, to, to consider changing the law or reinterpretation of the Constitution or this policy. Okay? All right. Uh, and uh, Professor Shun, I have another question here. I mean, I, earlier uh, we, we talked about uh, the, the about uh, the government uh, coming up with an official framework to recognize same-sex partnerships. Mm. But apart from these changes, I mean, do we need to uh, somehow change people's attitude in Hong Kong? What do you think of the attitude in Hong Kong right now? I'm asking that because uh, I have a comment here from a listener, Tammy, and uh, she says... Uh, Marriage is limited to one man and one woman in Hong Kong. Same-sex marriage should not be recognized. Same-sex couples who have married overseas should be considered as single in Hong Kong. They should not be entitled to public housing benefits. And uh, that is uh, from Tammy. So, Professor Shun, what about uh, what people think in Hong Kong? Well, I think uh, definitely that, you know, when we're thinking about diversity and inclusion issues, not only on LGBT plus issues, but other socially marginalized groups, we, uh, in addition to law and policy protection, we also need uh, cultural and social mindsets that are friendly towards minoritized groups in, 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 in society. So as someone who um, teaches on diversity and inclusion, I, I, of course, think that it's very important. But I also actually actually want to add that uh, actually public opinion on the ground in Hong Kong uh, has actually been changing. So we have got longitudinal data that we here at the Chinese University of Hong Kong have collaborated with Hong Kong University and also University of North Carolina Chapel Hill that uh, through three rounds of longitudinal survey that were collected in 2013, 2017 and 2023 that clearly shows that uh, public support for LGBTQ plus rights has increased increased throughout the years. If we just look at, say, support for same-sex marriage, then we see the figure has risen from 38% to 50% to 60% in the respective years that I've just mentioned. And another point that I want to mention that um, uh, personally I find quite heartening is the idea that actually there's more support for LGBTQ plus rights uh, as compared with people's personal acceptance of LGBTQ plus issues, which for me means that actually uh, there are quite some members of society who feel that, well, I may have my personal stance and my personal viewpoints towards LGBTQ plus issues or LGBTQ plus people. However, I think that they should be entitled to different legal rights uh, and protection in in, in society. And I think for me, um, throughout the years, I I begin to see that trend that both opinion is increasingly supportive and also the private sector including a lot of uh, businesses in the past mostly multinational corporations but increasingly also local and regional uh, organizations are now thinking that what the first and inclusion is not only a good thing to do but it's also an important thing to do when they want to attract and retain talents as well thank you professor soon from the gender studies program of chinese university and also to josiah chuk who was a Achieve with the Equal Cop Opportunities Commission. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong.
95th birthday, RTHK. Thank you for 95 years of public broadcasting service. Keep up the amazing work. I'm Janice Wailan. 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 23388266 and have your say. It's now just after 10 minutes to 10, and we're joined by Dr. Mike Kwan. He's an honorary clinical associate professor with the Department of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine at the University of Hong Kong. And we're talking about whether kids should have flu jabs. Now, the hospital authority is saying, do it before November. What, what should parents be thinking about, Dr. Kwan? And uh, in fact, uh, parents should listen uh, to the uh, government and the health authority. Uh, we should receive the full jab uh, uh, as soon as possible because we are expecting the uh, full season to be uh, quite severe in the coming uh, winter season. Uh, because as evidenced by, uh, we have uh, uh, evidence in the southern hemisphere in Australia and the last uh, winter season, as we know, in Australia, their winter, their winter, in fact, come uh, come uh, six months before uh, the northern hemisphere. Their last full season, in fact, come uh, came earlier, and their number, in fact, very huge. This is this is the effect of what we call the immunity death, because in the last few years, the social restriction, the mask wearing, and all the personal hygiene, in fact, make us less chance in contact with all the respiratory viruses like the adenovirus, the enterovirus, rhinovirus, the uh, parainfluenza virus, including the influenza virus. So this is why we lack of the immunity against all these viruses. So this is why in Hong Kong, uh, since March, when we removed the mask uh, mandate, we see lots of all these virus infection uh, prevailing in the Hong Kong community. In uh, in in our pediatric uh, ward, we, we see every day many children admitted with various respiratory virus infection. Uh, in the recent one month, we have uh, many cases of influenza virus virus infection. At this time, mainly the influenza A H three uh, admitted uh, to our pediatric wards, and uh, the number still increasing. And some of them got severe uh, infection, like uh, severe pneumonia and uh, uh, shock, uh, what we call it, septic shock. And some cases, as reported in the news, uh, unfortunately, they, they uh, succumb to this infection. So this is why we are expecting this full season will be very severe in the coming winter season in Hong Kong. And not to mention that uh, we, are, we are now seeing more and more uh, COVID infection cases start to re-emerge. And studies find that co-infection with flu and also the COVID virus they will uh, have a very uh, more severe uh, diseases. So this is why I uh, urge, parents, <coughs> urge parents that they should now bring their child to receive the full jab and also to update their COVID vaccination as, uh, as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, we've had 21 deaths <coughs> from flu in, in just one week here in Hong Kong. Uh, now, uh, pa- parents, how do they distinguish between flu and COVID? It is, it is, it is quite test, difficult because uh, both of them, uh, in fact, difficult to differentiate from all other respiratory viruses I mentioned because uh, they present a fever, a sore throat, runny nose, and also, for example, muscle pain, something like that. But mostly, but now we, we got the uh, rapid 
誒 test available in general practitioner or even some test you uh, some test in our A and E department and this can differentiate the uh, infecting pathogen. But most importantly is to notice the what we call the warning sign. <clears throat> the warning sign that the parents need to bring the child early to uh, to the doctors for, for immediate treatment. For example, if the parents notice the child got a high fever and refuse to feeding and uh, decrease in their they what we call the urine output, that means their child got uh, dehydrated and also uh, with breathing difficulty, those are the warning signs that the parents need to bring their bring to the doctor early for the immediate treatment. But if if they not have this uh, warning sign, then uh, the child the children can be care of at, at home and uh and with uh, adequate hydration should be okay and uh it is difficult to differentiate all these uh, different virus infection clinical features uh, but mo- most importantly is to receive uh the vaccination and to protect uh, these children with whatever uh, vaccine uh, available Right. You told uh, you've been telling uh, parents to update their kids' uh, vaccination when it comes to flu and COVID. Um, many of these young kids, um, well, quite a few of them, they've been they, they've been uh, they've been taking the uh, Sinovac vaccination. And uh, as we know, um, over the past few months, uh, COVID has changed. I mean, it's mutated. There are new variants. If they take uh, another vaccination, are you suggesting they take another Sinovac one? And uh, how effective would that be? Because uh, Sinovac. Uh, um, hasn't uh, really changed much. Sinovac is uh, also effective as we perform studies uh, uh, among the two vaccines. The beyond that, the, uh, the Sinovac vaccine both of them seem to be uh, useful, and uh, both of them effective against the uh, what the the COVID virus uh, uh, infection. So this is uh, uh, parents should be assured that both the beyond that and the Sinovac vaccine that they are both effective against the uh, virus infection. And it is important to uh, to the, let the audience know that not to wait for the, uh, for example, the new vaccine to arrive in Hong Kong because the XBB uh, the uh, vaccine we, we still not we still don't know when this vaccine will, will be available in Hong Kong. So most importantly is to let the children to vaccinate with whatever vaccine uh, presently available in Hong Kong. Um, I, I want to ask also about RSV, which is another virus that's been circulating in other parts of the world and primarily affect children. Is Hong Kong at risk of that? Yeah, uh, this is uh, very important because in this year we are uh, seeing that uh, previously RSV only uh, uh, endemic only in the winter season, for example, in October to December and also uh, from January to March in the Northern Hemisphere. But in this year, uh, just maybe because the reason I, <clears throat> I just explained, because we not have contact uh, with this virus in the previous few years, we just, we just find that this virus become uh, prevailing the whole years. And uh, now at this moment of uh, 35 degree of temperature, we're still seeing the RSV infection in our children, among our children. And not only in children, we, we see RSV infection also prevailing in uh, the, the, the adults. So this is a very important infection uh, now uh, prevailing uh, endemic in our community. And to prevent the RSV infection, most importantly, because it is a droplet infection, is to uh, wash wash our hands uh, properly whenever we contact any contaminated surface before touching our face and our nose. It is the most important way to prevent the RSV infection. And the vaccine is still yet to be available for the RSV infection. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Kwan.
uh, for joining thank us you. this morning. And uh, thank you very much to um, our, my co-host, Janice Wong, and our producer, Rafael Black. THK, the news at 10 with Haley Yim. Israel and the Palestinians have blamed each other for an explosion at a hospital in Gaza that has killed hundreds of people. Hamas health officials said the Al-Ali Arab Baptist Hospital in Gaza City was hit by an Israeli airstrike, killing at least 500 people. Pictures from the scene show 